is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You're listening to Weapons Hot on Sports War Radio and the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Darnold fires one into the end zone. It is caught. That's a tip touchdown. And now here is your host, CJ the Painkiller, DeSimone, and Kevin Jackson. What's going on, Jets Nation? Welcome to another edition of Weapons Hot, a New York Jets fan broadcast here on Sports War Radio and the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. I'm your host, CJ the Painkiller, D. Simone, and I am normally joined by my co-host, Mr. Kevin Jackson, but he is currently tending to some personal issues, so we're going to let the man take care of his business, wish him well uh, in what he's doing right now. But I do have a co-pilot this evening, as you guys see on the screen. Ladies and gentlemen, it gives me great pleasure. Making his Weapons Hot debut this evening from the Worldwide Sports Radio Network show called The Sports Hit List, Mr. Declan Krogman, ladies and gentlemen. Declan, thank you so much for joining me this evening. How are you, my friend? CJ, thanks for having me. I'm so excited. That intro, even though I'm a Giants fan. Uh, got me so hyped. I'm so ready for this program tonight. Hey, Sunday night, uh, Sunday night football talk here. I'm ready to go. Absolutely. So, really quick, uh, since this is your first time on Weapons Hot, uh, why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself and, uh, you know, mo- most of all, how long you've been involved with uh, Worldwide Sports Radio Network. So, uh, obviously, uh, my name is Declan Krogman. Uh, I've been involved with the Worldwide Sports Network for uh, about five minutes. Uh, no, rather like a month or two, uh, <laughs> you know, week, week three of the uh, NFL season so far in 2020. Um, coming off, I got a nice connection with my boy Greg Polius, uh, who was in the sports hit list. Carl Collange is the Don, the CEO, the president, the founder of the sports hit list. He's the man. Shout out to them. Sports hit list by the fans for the fans. I got to plug them real quick here on the Worldwide Sports uh, Network. I'm a graduate of Xavier High School. Um, I'm a freshman in college. and I had. Brandon Tierney uh, on my podcast last year from uh, nice. CBS Sports Network and Chris Williamson of SNY is my good buddy. So uh, I love sports, lead sports, starts with my dad. I'm excited, man. Dude, Brandon Tierney's my boy, former SJ or St. John's alumni. Uh, followed him e- even through his early days on the show uh, when, when he got his start. Um, not only on CBS Sports Radio, but when he was also on uh, WFAN, I believe, for a little while as well. So, yeah, yeah uh, huge, huge Tierney fan. All right. So, really quick, we are going to talk, you know, as, as we always do. It's time, unfortunately, to talk a little bit about the uh, New York Jets dropping a Monday Night Football decision, a game in which they were actually very competitive Against the New England Patriots, 30-27. to 27. Uh, The Jets find a way to snatch defeat from the joys of victory. Um, but believe it or not, Joe Flacco looked very good in this game. Uh, for the first time, we actually had all three healthy wide receivers out there, meaning Denzel Mims, Jamison Crowder, and Brashard Perryman. Uh, stats, stats for that game really quick. Joe Flacco went eight for 25 for 262. Uh, had three touchdowns and one pick. 
that pick that he threw was absolutely killer. And that's really what swung the momentum in the Patriots favor in that game. In my opinion, uh, Cam Newton was 27 at 35, 274 yards. Uh, you know, uh, Cam had his difficulty against the New York Jets defense. They were, they were giving him some fits. They, they really were. The big news of the night, Denzel Mims, four receptions for 62 yards. Bashard Perryman had five receptions for 101 yards. He was our big target. Jamison Crowder, not really targeted all that much. Two catches for 26 yards. Well, Michael Piron getting involved in the uh, in the passing game as well. Two catches for 19 yards. He finished up the day six carries for 19 yards, as long as it was a seven-yard scamper. Again, one of the things that I'm still beginning to see, especially on the offensive side of the ball, Denzel Mims not really getting a lot of targets. Well, Michael Piron not really getting a lot of carries. What is it that you could tell me, Declan? What is it that you see from where you're sitting? Um, so, yeah, pretty much uh, the Monday night game, obviously national television on ESPN. Uh, you know, as a, like, as a Giants fan, I'm not going to talk about the Giants today because, you know, uh, we're on the Jets right now uh, and right, for please. the entire yeah. hour. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you guys showed a lot of promise. I thought that the Jets defense played really tough. I thought Cam Newton played very poor. People were crediting, crediting him uh, like he played like Dan Marino. I personally thought that he was off the mark with a lot of his throws. Uh, the one under Jacoby Myers down the seam was bad. Uh, but Joe Flacco looked really good. And I'm also, I am one of the people who believe that they should be starting James Morgan from FIU. I think he drafted a kid in the fourth round. You might as well see what you got with him. He's not going to be the next Tom Brady, obviously. But I think you can roll him out and see like, if you can have a comparable situation to that of Jake Luton in Jacksonville instead of, you know, wasting your reps on a uh, 40-year-old quarterback or 35, whatever he is now. God bless Joe Flacco. He was good at, very good at one point, but there's nothing to gain putting him in, uh, unless you want to lose the number one pick, uh, honestly, is the way I see it. Uh, LaMichael P. Ryan, Sajay's younger cousin, um, has been pretty good so far. I think that they're going to need to get him more carries and reduce Frank Gore's load a little bit. Um, but we'll see how Adam Gase handles that, because he is also playing for his job. Uh, organizations tank teams don't so we're going to see how that plays out down the stretch but the receivers look very promising the core of Perryman Crowder uh, and Mims you know overall they probably should have kept Robbie Anderson and I think Joe Douglas actually admitted that uh, and has credited himself with making a mistake with not signing him for 24 mil um, but Perryman looked good he had that nice route on was it Gilmore or I forget who it was but he got mm-hmm. right by him yeah and Flacco threw a nice a nice shot he was rolling out too it looked like a little short out and up a little a little bit of an inverted out and up, um, which was really good. And then I think he got the second touchdown also. And then he dropped a dime into, uh, into Crowder at the end of the first half for his third touchdown of the half. So it looked pretty nice. It wasn't atrocious football, at least on the Jets' side uh, on Monday night. I thought it was promising, but, you know, definitely headed in the number one direction. Yeah, I completely agree. Just one of the things that really just uh, is starting to get, get it aggravated with me is that I just feel like that the rookies are not getting the play that they should be getting uh, because Adam Gase and Daryl Loggins are playing the, the, the veterans. Now right. in a situation, which is, which right now, look, the New York Jets have absolutely zero to play for. All right. I mean, the, the schedule up ahead, you know, is does not look any more promising than it did when we first started the, the 2020 campaign, you know, the Jets are an offer. You, you right, right. the team is completely struggling. Adam Gase is on the hot seat. There's rumors, 
as to whether or not he's going to be retained. And then Adam Schefter drops a bombshell on Monday Night Countdown when he answers Steve Young in regards to Trevor Lawrence coming out for the draft, especially if the New York Jets end up with the first overall pick, where he blatantly comes out and says Adam Gase will not be the head coach of the New York Jets next year. I wanted to get your opinion on this. And what rumblings have you heard? Uh, So I've heard some, uh, no more than I would say, you know, that of anybody else has heard it. We are all getting the general press here, uh, whether it be sources or or media as a whole. Um, So I'm not going to act like I'm best friends with the Jets locker room guy or their team captain or even their equipment guy. Um, Being in the New York area, from what I've heard, it seems to be the consensus that Adam Gase is gone. He's finished. Um, But you are hearing from some people, some, I would say, pessimistic and and negative Jets fans that are like, it would be so Jets in the year of 2020 to keep Adam Gase for another year, which is also fueling their rooting for of, uh, of the 0-16 um, win-loss record at the end of the year. So I think that overall, you're hearing some things about Adam Gase going mostly negative. I think he'll be gone. Um, and, and I'll give the Jets fans a little bit of a sliver of hope here. Um, Adam Gase, not coaching this football team next year. Uh, the Jets are going to be a hot commodity for head coaches to want to come in. Now, you're going to have to compete with Houston and Atlanta, which will be more, you could argue, more hot, hot commodities because Atlanta could have a top pick. Um, but you know if Trevor Lawrence is declaring, right, which hopefully he'll declare before the Jets have to decide um, to pick a coach, you know if, he's the, if you're declaring, you got Trevor Lawrence to start your head coaching career. That's a nice guy to go to bat with if you're a rookie head coach or if you're a head coach looking to salvage and continue to make your name for yourself as, like, say, like a head coach that has already been hired before. So I think overall, the Jets fans, it's negative right now, but it has the possibility to get better. Like, this is going to be a different coach team. Everyone's going to be gone. Greg Williams, in my opinion, should be the first one on the bus out of the Meadowlands before anybody else. Mm-hmm. I, I think you and I are definitely in agreement with that. Uh, it's, if uh, Believe it or not, I was, uh, I was a proponent of uh, firing um, Adam Gase, you know, at, at – pretty much as uh, as quickly as possible but i mean i could under i could also understand the reason for keeping him so shout out to jimmy jardine and uh, right now lockhart uh right for uh, tuning in no douglas admitted he misread the value for anderson not that he should have kept him um just a little uh, that's accurate that's uh, accurate i'm just i'm just saying right now that uh he should have kept him right well i mean hindsight's always 2020 so um but nevertheless, ladies and gentlemen, anybody who's out there listening, anybody who wants to chime in, okay, you want to get your thoughts uh, heard on tonight's Weapons Hot. You know what? This is going to be a therapy session, a big-time therapy session. So if you guys want to call in, I'm going to give you guys the number to call in. Call in area code 646-876-9923. You're going to use the meeting ID, 239-335-7153. The passcode to call in, type in 670-537. Anybody who's out there listening, commenting in the comments, if you want to jump on, you want to have your voice heard, tonight we take the gloves off. It's a a New York Jets bi-week therapy session. That's the title of tonight's show. Okay, so let it out. Let the frustration out. Let the anger out. That's all we've been talking about. Oh, now boy. at CJ, this point, 
it's going to feel like the fan up in here with some crying uh, Jets fans from the New York, New Jersey area. I'm excited to hear it, honestly. Well, listen, you want to know something? I mean, look, the, you know, I could tell you as a Jets fan for 40 plus years, the one thing that Jets fans are tired of is just absolutely just sick and tired of being lied to. We get handed yeah. a line a, a, a line of bullshit. We get sold a bag of goods year in and year out, and the Jets never make good. We're talking about 10 years now since the New York Jets have been a relevant football team. Right. Okay. We could go back to the John Idzik days. We could go back to the Mike McCagden days. Okay. So that being said, Jet fans at this point, especially those that are most recent, those within most recent history, they have yet to see a winning product on the field. Those that have maybe started rooting for this team, maybe within the last decade, they've seen nothing but piss poor football, empty promises, the owners caring more about back page headlines than actually shutting up, getting out of the way to put a competitive product on the football field. And I have been one of these people that have been incredibly outspoken in regards to that. And I make no bones about it, especially on this show. Because I I, I give the Jets credit where credit is due, but I also rip them when it's appropriate. And so far, they've done nothing, nothing, Declan, which warrants for me to sit here and go, oh, happy day, happy day. It's so <laughs> wonderful to be a Jets fan. Woo! It's Has boobs. anybody ever said that? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> it's booze, it's pills, it's suicide watch. Okay, oh, that's man. the life of a Jets fan. Because you have an owner who is completely clueless as far as football is concerned. You have a power power hierarchy within the organization in which the general manager and the head coach are on complete equal footing. One has no power over the other. And they both report to the owner. That is not how you run an NFL franchise. That's not how you run a franchise at all. Ridiculous. It is the most ridiculous power structure in professional sports that may work at a small market team that may work at a team that maybe averages one to two wins every year because they're content about that. It's a brand new team. We're talking about Cleveland. Okay. Is that what we're getting at? (laughs) Right. Fair enough. But what, what I'm looking at as a New York Jets fan is you are in the number one media market in the world. You are playing for a fan base that is like a raw exposed nerve. And the reason why we are a raw exposed nerve is because year after year, we watch other teams be able to take that next step to drag themselves out of mediocrity and to be relevant in the national football league. Yeah. And the New York jets do absolutely nothing to make themselves relevant. They make themselves. 
Yeah, like they haven't done anything to make themselves relevant since Nike jerseys got instituted in 2012. Since 2010, you bring up a great point. Young Jets fans have not gotten a taste of winning or even a thrill of a potential possibility of success. So as like being a Jets fan in New York has got to be tough. Um, but like we can we can go over through the years like the, the, there's a CVS receipt length. Like that's how long it is of the amount of infractions this team has had with their fan base, ownership, everything. We can even go with the more recently how you guys let Mike McCagnan draft the team in 2019 draft like to draft the rookie class he participated in the draft signed free agents did all these things hired a new coach just to get run out of town and then hire Joe Douglas in May or June so that's immediately a recipe that's that that's getting you off the wrong foot the Rex Ryan days are far far over uh, and they were over at the tail end regardless mm-hmm. um, but to- Todd Bowles hiring didn't work out too well uh, 2015, I would say, maybe five years ago, you guys were playing meaningful football uh, where it looked like there would be a shot. So at that point, like, that's when we're talking about relevancy being prevalent with the New York Jets and their organization. So whatever they've been doing the fi- last five years, it needs to stop. They need to hire a new coach. Listen, I think Sam Donald's great, but he's probably going to be traded. I don't think his – none of this is his fault. But a new coach is going to want to draft a new quarterback after you've seen three years of mediocrity with a, media, a terrible team, not Sam Donald's fault, but that's the reality uh, is that he's going to have to wind, wind up, wind up, they're going to move on from him unless Trevor Lawrence uh, skirts them in the draft. Uh, also, I noticed in the comments, Jimmy Jardine wants to know the number and the meeting ID. Yep, uh, I if you want, I, I can type more. that in. You got it? All right. Yep, Sounds I have good. already, uh, I've already posted that. So anybody who's in the comments who would like to, who would like to call in and actually talk with Declan and myself on tonight's show, uh, the telephone number I posted in the comments, along with the meeting ID and the passcode, please jump on with us. We would love to hear what you guys think. So Scott Clesby, if you're out there listening, okay, chime in, chime in. All right. So now, Declan, you actually bring up Sam Donald, which is actually a great point. That was actually something that I wanted to bring up. Uh, I can't wait. I love talking quarterback. Yep, another part of this uh, this show this evening. Do you see Sam Donald's future with the New York Jets, or do you see them moving on from him if they get the number one n- number one overall pick? So here's what I think, CJ. I don't think it's his fault. Uh, I said that before. Um, I see him moving on. I see them moving on from him, rather. Um, can you hear me? I'm just – I want to make sure it's not my connection. All right. Um, I see them moving on from him. Uh, and, he, and here's why. So pretty much at this point, a new coach is going to want to draft a new quarterback. And while Sam Darnold, I think his escapability is excellent. Uh, CJ, you are frozen. Um, I just want to make sure that that changes at some point. But uh, the show must go on, so I got you on this one. Um, Sam Darnold, uh, at this point, although he's been good, I don't think he's been great. I think he's shown promise that he could be a solid quarterback in this league. However, it's going to have to be time to move on. I think it's unfair. CJ left. So I'll keep this afloat, um, obviously. So I'll just kind of touch on the Jets here uh, and do what CJ would want me to do. So Sam Darnold and the Jets, it's going to have to be, although it didn't work out, it's going to have to end now. And here's why. Uh, The new coach is coming in. He's going to want to draft a new quarterback. I know I'm getting repetitive here. Mind you, we've had some difficulties here, so I'm just going to try to get this back together. Um, Sam Donald, new, new coach, going to want to draft a new quarterback. Uh, you're going to need a new quarterback with the staff uh, in order to get the excitement back in the fans. 
uh, and more or less, Trevor Lawrence is a can't-miss prospect. If you had a quarterback, like, let me try to give uh, an example. Like, if you had Sam Bradford in 2012, right, uh, and in 20 – excuse me, in 2010 you draft him. And in 2014, uh, 2012, Andrew Luck comes out in the draft, and you're the Rams with the first pick. Are you trading out of it, or are you going to go with Andrew Luck? Mind you, they did trade out of it because they had RG3, but if they had the first pick, I'm not convinced that they wouldn't um, – have tried to take Andrew Luck and moved on from Sam Bradford, whether it be injuries um, or, or whatever issues that, that they had uh, on that front with Sam Darnold, the quarterbacks in LA or St. Louis at the time. So you're going to have to blow the thing up. Whatever's listen, whatever's been going on since Sam Darnold has been here is not been working. So that's been an issue big time um, for the New York football jets. Said it like with the New York giants, but the New York jets um, at the forefront so far. Uh, again, waiting on CJ, not sure um, what's happening here. Uh, if I got to invite him back, he, obviously he knows the code. So if he, uh, if he hopefully comes back, uh, I got, I got. So we are oh, going. He's back. There we go. There's, there's Declan. All right. So I do apologize for the brief technical difficulty there. We uh, uh, apparently had a, a short, a short mitigated power outage here uh, uh, on the, wow. uh, on the space coast. So, season. <laughs> so also I believe a SpaceX rocket is, uh, is going up as well. So. Hey man, uh, I, I tried to improvise like Sam Donald's been out of the pocket this year. You know, I went solo for about two minutes, but uh, you replaced me like Trevor Lawrence is going to replace Donald. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me, uh, just re- re- reiterate your, uh, your your little solo segment there for me, Dad Declan. I appreciate that. Sure, man. We were tap dancing. We we're trying to get it done. Uh, but anyway, here's essentially what I was saying is that at this point, you're going to have to blow it up. Um, so I, I kind of give a hypothetical. In the Rams in 2010, they drafted Sam Bradford. Obviously, we know that didn't work out because he's not their quarterback now. In fact, he wasn't their quarterback. Uh, they traded him in 2014. So the, comp- the comparison in terms of amateur talent um, – being hyped up, not overhyped, but hyped up, uh, is the Andrew Luck, Trevor Lawrence. Is he better? Who's better? Is, are they having a similar hype? He's the sure number one pick. Andrew Luck was back in 2012. Um, so when I said it, I compared it to the Rams. It took, I went back in time to try to think about this off, on the cuff, but uh, Sam Bradford in 2010, he was struggling. Say we gave him an extra year. I don't want to, you know, obviously make things up here, but this is like the best comparison I could think of at the moment or even a Blaine Gap. No, that was a year later. So let's just, I'll go with Sam Donald. If, uh, excuse me, Sam Bradford. If Sam Bradford played three years of how Sam Bradford was playing and in 2012, right, Andrew Luck was coming out of the draft and the Rams had the number one pick and you get, you're getting a new head coach. Like say they blow Jeff Fisher. It's a crazy hypothetical. Try to stay with me, but I'm trying to compare it to something we've almost seen before. Although I do got another comparison to something Jets fans have really seen before in just a second. But you're going to take Andrew Luck if you're the Rams. So even though they did it at the number two pick uh, and they traded out RG3, I firm uh, traded out that pick for RG3, which was a steal um, for the Rams in that one. But I'm going to have to take – I'm going to have to go back in time. And if this was the case, I, I firmly believe even two years in, if the Rams would have got the number one pick, I don't think they'd liked RG3. I think they would have took Andrew Luck, and Andrew Luck would have been a St. Louis Ram. And now, barring injury, uh, would have been an L.A. Ram. Fun fact about Andrew Luck, uh, I was actually in a Super Bowl commercial when I was 10 years old with uh, Andrew Luck and David Letterman. Um, obviously, I was devastated when Luck retired. So I'm going to 
get off that quick, uh, just to give CJ, I know you probably feel my pain on this one. You remind me of a, uh, of a Joe Beningo mindsetted Jets fan right now. In 1995, when Bel- I think they hired Belichick for a day, was that 95, 95? Yeah, I Belichick? believe. Uh, no, it was, um, it, it, it was 2000. 2000. Okay, so five years back. Yeah. Right. In 95, um, Peyton Manning was a junior at Tennessee, and he was very comparable to Andrew Luck and to Trevor Lawrence, obviously. Had a little right. brain fart there. I got a text about Kyler Murray. Not sure what's going on in the Bills. Um those Cardinals game there, but Peyton Manning skirted the Jets uh, and went back to school. Now, Trevor Lawrence has the same power as Peyton did back in 1995. He can, again, avoid the Jets and see what happens next year and see where he – well, not where he wants to go because he's not going to be able to choose. He's not going to pull an Eli Manning. He's going to pull a Peyton Manning uh, and see where he wants to go or where he's where the chips are falling for him. So he may avoid the Jets. Um, I don't think that he will. I think that – He's going to take the money, especially they're going to bring in a coach. I'm sure they're going to meet with um, that coach and, and see what, what the plans are regarding Trevor Lawrence. I don't make the Jets head coach hunt easier uh, if, they have, uh, if they have Trevor Lawrence co- uh, committed to leaving at that point. Hmm. Leaving college at that point. Well, there's an interesting thing about, uh, about Peyton Manning. Now, if... Um, just re- really quick in the comments, uh, we, we actually have a, uh, a, a caller who, um, who we, we actually have someone in the comments, uh, uh, good old Joshua Silverberg, who would like to join the show. So I'm trying to get him the information so he can jump on uh, with us for a few minutes here. So just bear with me. Oh, my. Uh, CJ, in the meantime, I, I'm going to bring a little joy to you. The Bills just lost the game. To the Cardinals yes. on a Hail Mary to DeAndre Hopkins. Yep, I just saw that. Uh, Jerry Jardine in the comments pop, uh, popping that there. Wow, that is awesome. That is insane. I was just looking at the video right now. That is full DeAndre Hopkins. That is an insane play, an insane catch. Wow. That is, that is crazy. All right. So, uh, again, anybody out there who would, who would who'd like to chime in, um uh code isn't going through joshua if you uh if you could hear my voice i'm sure you're watching the show go back to a previous email where you were a guest on weapons hot and just join the link that way uh that would probably be the easiest for you Mm-hmm. Yeah, 239-335-7153 is the meeting ID. The passcode, if you're dialing in, is 670-537. Sounds good. So, and Jimmy Jardine is like chomping at the bit. <laughs> to uh, He's excited, man. He's excited to talk some Jets football on the bye right yeah, now. Jimmy I'm is feeling a huge, his energy. Yeah, he's a, he's a huge fan of the show. Um so really quick, I know we kind of got sidetracked off topic, but in regards to Sam Donald versus Trevor Lawrence, and then it's funny that you brought up the Peyton Manning um, situation, which is something that I actually wanted to address. Peyton Manning wanted assurances from Bill Parcells that he was going to be selected, and, and 
uh, it, it wasn't that Peyton Manning was dodging the Jets. Peyton Manning would have full on came to the Jets. But uh, Archie Manning wanted assurances that Peyton was going to be the first overall pick. And Bill Parcells was not willing to give him those assurances because he said that he needed to evaluate the roster first before they decided what direction they were going to go. So that's right. why Peyton Manning ended up going back to school. So yeah. now in regards to Trevor Lawrence, now I understand he wants to keep his options open, but we really don't even know what's going on in, in regards, if, if the New York Jets are even going to get the number one pick in the first place. Because to me, I think before we could even start looking at Trevor Lawrence and before we can start looking at, you know, uh, other things in regards to that. All right, we got a caller coming in. All right, 208 area code. You are on the air with uh, Weapons Hot, CJ the Painkiller, D. Simone, and Mr. Declan Krogman. Who am I speaking to? Hey, brother, it's Jimmy. What's up, Jimmy? How are you, my friend? Oh, man, having a good night. That pass to Hopkins is insane. Just watched the whole thing happen. One second left. Crazy, man. How many yards was it? Uh, I didn't see off the top of my head. I know it was more than 50. That's insane. I've been going back and forth this week about Josh Allen being a top five, uh, top 10 quarterback, excuse me, top five MVP candidate. I've been going back mm. two weeks now with some people in the sports hit list. Uh, it's still looking good. I don't care. Josh Allen wasn't playing defense on that, on that Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins connection. I know Diggs caught a great ball on a great throw from Allen earlier on the drive. Yep. Yeah, that's crazy, man. Jimmy, what do you want to talk about? I, I'm liking where you guys are going with uh, the Sam Darnold thing, kind of my, my two cents on it. And I've talked about this on live rounds and, you know, on the Facebook groups and stuff like that. It's the biggest, the biggest issue that I have is Darnold is struggling to see coverages. He's struggling to see defensive shifts. He's, He's not reading things properly. And in year three, that's – yeah, you can talk about coaching with that, but that's also on him. He's been playing this game his whole life. So right. those are things that he should be able to do. And when he's about to become this expensive, we would have to pick up his fifth-year option next season, and that's going to cost us $25 million. Then if you decide to franchise tag because of the Mahomes contract and that top 10 highest-paid quarterback averages – you're looking at franchise tags of 35 million plus. So that's just a yeah. really expensive quarterback for somebody that we don't know is going to progress. Um, I think he's still salvageable, but when you have those salary cap questions, those contract questions, and, you know, looking like us going 0 and 16, 1 and 15, getting the number one pick, staring a generational talent in the face, you have to pull the trigger. That's just something we cannot pass up especially with 18 draft picks behind him in the next two years. Right. Yeah. I completely agree with you there, Jimmy, really quick. Um, you know, one of the, one of the opinions that, that at least I'm expressing is, is that I would love to hang on to Sam Donald and I am a proponent mm -hmm. of actually trading out of the number one pick for a King's ransom, you oh. know, and, and screw over other teams in the NFL, the way that the jets have gotten screwed over in years past, mm -hmm. you know, and, and basically rebuild the team through the draft you have your solid foundation and then add a few key pieces here and there, you know, uh, via the, uh, the, the free agency dealings. I mean, the jets are going to have $98 million in cap space next year. 
So they really right. are in a position to accelerate this rebuild. You know, quite frankly, um, it, it, instead of it being a two to three year rebuild, we could potentially right. see a competitive team take the field as early as next year. But the, the big golden ticket that's really getting stuck in a lot of Jets fans, you know, um, minds and in thoughts is, is Adam Gase going to be here? Because I think that for me, before we even start turning our our attention toward Trevor Lawrence or anybody in the draft, we need to solidify the power hierarchy within the New York Jets first. And that starts by week 17, right after the clock hits zeros, okay? Yeah. When, when, the, cl- when, when the clock hits zeros that Adam Gase has shown the door and the entire coaching staff has shown the door. hundred percent. And then right after that, that's where Joe Douglas needs to be in Christopher Johnson's ear and to, and to tell him that if you want me to build a championship football team here, then you need to let me do this my way, which means you need to give me the keys to the car. You need to stay the hell out of the way. And the only thing that you need to do is write the checks. We've already shown that Joe Douglas is incredibly fiscally responsible. We're not talking about Mike McCagnan here, where Mike McCagnan in the five years that he has been there has had over $350 million in cap space. And this right now, what we're dealing with is the result of Mike McCagnan having $350 million in cap space. It's his team for sure. So, So I'm sorry, Declan, go ahead. Oh, CJ, if you don't mind me jumping in, first of all, Jimmy, thanks for the call, man. Really appreciate it. Um, but I just absolutely. want to go. Uh, absolutely. Uh, CJ, you had a great point there with um, with the head coach. I think Gase needs to be shown the door. And I don't think you should do it early because personally, I don't think there's a coordinator on that staff worthy of even like piloting a boat. I think there's no way that anybody should be the interim head coach on the Jets. And now, uh, Jimmy, you brought up a great point with the salary and, and the financial aspect of things is that you're going to have to wind up paying Sam Darnold uh, like a quarterback who has produced when he hasn't produced. We've seen it in Chicago. The Bears didn't pick up Mitchell Trubisky's fifth-year option. Uh, and for good reason, obviously. Like I don't know that he's going to be the next Ryan Tannehill when he leaves Matt Nagy's system. But the option was not to be picked up. It was not working out. It's not been a good fit. They're going to probably look elsewhere uh, in the offseason. But now in terms of yeah. Sam Darnold, uh, I think you – I agree with you. I think they need to get Trevor Lawrence. It's nothing against Sam. I think Sam's been good. Uh, and now you did criticize Sam. You said that he's been playing the game his whole life. And I, and I agree. Like, he, he 100% needs to be better. If he was being better, um, they wouldn't even be considering picking Trevor Lawrence right now. They wouldn't even be in a spot right now. Um, but we're asking Sam Donald to do a lot. He had to learn two offenses in two years. Uh, and one of them was mm-hmm. Adam Gates' offense, which is probably like learning four offenses in two years, like Baker Mayfield essentially had to do in Cleveland. So, Sam Donald, we are asking a lot from a young quarterback who only declared, mind you, after um, – Three years, really one was a regular year. Exactly. Only 27 games at USC. He was 20 years old when they drafted him and 21 uh, when he played his debut against the Detroit Lions on Monday Night Football. So he's still a young quarterback. And I think you're going to get a similar dynamic with Trevor Lawrence coming from Clemson, uh, being as young as he is. So you're going to have to decide um, whether you're moving on from him. And I think financially it makes sense to move on from him. Uh, Organizationally, it moves on from him. 
uh, make sense to move on from him. And coaching, it makes sense to move on from him. I think at this point, it's nothing against Sam. I think they should trade him to Pittsburgh and let him have a solid career with his college teammate, Juju. I think that could actually work out. But I think it's time. I agree. Well, I got somebody who who wants to chime in on this really quick, ladies and gentlemen. I'd like to welcome Mr. (laughs) Mr. Joshua Silverberg, fire gaze after the pick or whatever the hell he said. <laughs> what? Josh, welcome to the show. What, what what say you on the Sam Donald versus Trevor Lawrence versus light Adam Gase on fire? Show him the door. Uh, well, I can tell you this. If we're doing the light of the Adam Gase on fire, I can tell you CJ's going to be the first one with the gasoline in his hand. And so it goes. You know it. You know it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, first off, Declan, good to meet you, man. Pleasure to you know, be talking to you guys. Thanks, man. Thanks, man. You too. Thank you. Um, you know, listen, CJ and I have gone back and forth about this. First off, CJ, if you notice, my setup is a little odd now from what I've had. I finally got to move into my new house this weekend. So, yes, congratulations. Thank Congrats, bro. Thank you. Trying to just get everything settled in. My wife is happy because we're not going to be in the same room anymore where I'm talking and she's doing something. So I'm in the basement. She's upstairs doing her work. So she's happy about that for sure. But I'm um, going back to the whole jet situation, man. I mean, I uh, see I've been on the show a few times with you and you know, you and I have a different opinion on it. I know you love Sam Darnold and I love Sam too. I, I do. And I think he's somebody that really think is going to excel and succeed in this league. I think he just has to be put in the right spot, the right position. And I heard what Declan said. I believe it was right there. I think he said like Steelers or somebody like that would be a good Yeah, spot. the Steelers, I think, is a solid fit. be a great spot. I think another underrated spot when you look at it, um, look, I think the, the Chicago Bears are a quarterback away from being that could work in this league. I really do. And their defense is top five. No question about it. They are. They just don't have a quarterback. And I think that's the situation. I think if you franchise tag Allen Robinson, now I don't want them to get the idea to do that because I want the Jets to try to get him. But if they wanted to do that, that could be a route they go. I can see the Indianapolis Colts who have a very nice core. Um, They could put him in place. There's teams that are going to, you know, there are teams that are going to go out there and need him. Uh, do I think they'll get a first-round pick for it? I mean, look, if the Pittsburgh Steelers go 15-1 and or 14-2, and they get to the divisional playoff round and they lose, and it's a late first-round pick, I don't know why you wouldn't want to trade that first-round pick for a Sam Darnold who's going to be, what, 23, 24 years old. It makes too much sense. Um, I am also with CJ in the mindset of, look, look, I think the Jets did Sam Darnold. They did. I think Joe Douglas pretty much signed guys off the heap. And you notice he didn't sign these guys to long-term contracts, right? CJ, we know this already. He, he's there for the first year. They're not. Van Roden, fans, McGovern. These guys are not guaranteed, I believe, after the first year of the contract. Alex Lewis. He did this as a, as a way to say to the fans, look, I'm going to do everything I can to make this guy not get killed, okay? Because, look, Joe Thunny was the guy they wanted from New England. And he got franchise tagged by the Patriots and essentially screwed the Jets. Now, mm-hmm. the Patriots are not going to franchise tag him again. It's going to cost way too much money. They did with Brandon Washington football team. They will not, now, you saw what David Bakhtiari got today, right? He got a lot of money. Ninety-six. Yeah, yeah, a lot of 105 money. Million over four years. 
Yeah, that's a ton yeah, of money. That's crazy. Now, I will say this, though. The, 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 the good thing that the New York Jets have is they have a left tackle. I know everybody's saying, oh, my God, Mekhi Becton keeps getting hurt, right? We, we're thinking, TJ, I know you and I are thinking that same thing. Oh, God, here we go. We're just when we think we got something good. It's going to be thrown in the trash because this guy gets hurt all the time. But I could promise yeah, you. Yeah, because the New York Jets can't have nice things. That's yeah. just that's, that's <laughs> what it is. Yeah. They get cold in their stuff. knows my pain, right? I mean, how many shots did we do on the air the last time we were together, Jimmy? I mean, shit. <laughs> yeah, that was a lot. <laughs> and it took, I, was on, um, I was on the weekend crunch yesterday with uh, Errol. With Errol Marks yesterday, I was doing the show with them. We were talking about Makai Becton. And I agree with Errol to the standpoint of, look, I, I think this, and I know, CJ, you agree. If the guy stays healthy, he's an all-pro. I mean, you could see it. The kid's got everything you want as a left tackle. And I think that's a good positive. I want to see what Cam Clark has. I, I do, because I've seen the tape on Cam Clark. He was really good when he was at, I believe, I forget he went to North Carolina. I can't remember what school it was that he went to. It was a lower tier school, but he was the captain of the team. He'd be great against Clemson. I want to see what he does in the lineup. Uh, we saw Bryce Hall. So right. that was, Bryce Hall had some nice plays. Uh, Ashton Davis got completely screwed on a play that was a clean hit. Yep. Uh, yep. Yeah, that was bad. That was a bad call. A horrible call. The good thing is this. You're starting to see – see, I didn't – by what Errol was saying at first and how athletic Ashton Davis is, I see it now. The guy really, he's quick on his feet. He was track star in college, and he's a guy that I think you can put him all over the field. You can make it that hybrid, even whether it's a safety, whether it's a corner, or like a kind of lower tier outside linebacker. that you can use him in that sense, and that's a nice problem to have, I yeah. think. You can put him all over the place. And Mims, what do you, I mean, I think the Jets finally got lucky with this one. They really do. I think we saw it. I, I, Stephen Hill, all the, you know, Kevin Smith, all those crappy wide receivers we took in the second round because of injuries or drop passes or whatever. This guy's legit. I just wish he would have taken one more receiver, Joe Douglas. I do. But Denzel Mims looks legit. He, I mean, his yards after the catches, you could tell. He, doesn't, he has a motor that never stops. Right. Um, and it's a nice problem to have. Um, I'm just waiting for Chris Herndon to get his head out of his ass for once. I mean, that would be nice, you know, because I know he's got talent. He well, drops a lot of open passes. He's and, the original Evan Ingram. Yeah, exactly what he is. I bought his freaking jersey last year, and I definitely caused this problem. I know I did. I bought his jersey last year. I got so hyped, and I know I screwed. I did the same thing with the Mets with J.D. Davis. I bought his jersey after one year, and I went, I'm hyped. I'm buying it. I should have known better. Um... But, look, they got nice pieces. Quentin Williams didn't even play. I think New England was trying to throw the game. CJ, you know what I was saying in the group in our group text. I 100% thought New England was trying to throw that game. No, they weren't. They, listen. They were. They're just not that good. They're just New not England, that good. New England was without their top two pass rushers. They were without their top corners. Okay? I mean, look. Monday Night Football was exactly what it is. Yes, it was a very entertaining game. And it was a lot better than what I originally thought. Well, let's call this exactly what it is. And I'm sorry if I'm going to offend people with what I'm about to say, but tough shit, because this is the only way that I could actually say it. Okay. Last week's Monday night football game between the Jets and the Patriots were like two fat kids fighting over a piece of birthday cake. (laughs) He's right. It's true. You're not wrong. How many times? I mean, look, I don't know. 
especially after he won that game for Belichick to go on national radio and say leaving the Jets was the greatest thing that ever happened to him. I mean, you didn't think there was a partial part of him trying to maybe sabotage the Jets with hey, Trevor Lawrence. I mean, you don't think he wants him to to want him to be in that division. I mean, look, he Listen, hates no one's Jets. no one's ever going to know what's going through Bill Belichick's head because, in regards to Bill Belichick's angst against the New York Jets, okay, the the New York Jets in and Woody Johnson. When Woody bought the team, okay, Bill Parcells was still president of football operations, okay? He was, uh, he was eventually going to hand the reins over to Bill Belichick. Yes. Now, the problem was, was that through all of this, Robert Kraft sent over a fax requesting an interview and also had an offer sheet for Bill Belichick to review about a head coaching position with the New England Patriots. Parcells got his hand on it, and he ripped it up, and he threw it away. And he never told Belichick about it. All right? So that's the double whammy. But Belichick did not want the Jets' job because he wanted to run the entire show. Mm -hmm. He didn't want Parcells to stay on as head of football operations. Okay? And not only that, but the Johnsons, being the control freaks that they are, also said that they wanted to have input in personnel decisions, in coaching decisions, et cetera, et cetera. And Belichick said, right. Exactly. Thank you, Declan. And that's what sent Belichick over the edge. Okay. That's why the Johnsons are not very well liked in the National Football League because of their control freak mentality. Now, some people could actually say the same thing about Jerry Jones and the Dallas Cowboys, but here's the difference between Jerry Jones and the Dallas Cowboys and the New York Jets. They got rings. We don't. They win. Okay? We don't. You know what we do? That's what we do. We lose. You know why we lose? Because when you have an owner who knows absolutely nothing about football, who instead of listening to their football people is going to go out and hire independent consultants to go and find a head football coach instead of doing things the right way, the traditional way, the way that they should have been done, the way that they've been done for the past hundred years. You got two idiots over here who try to reinvent the wheel and they failed for the past 10 years. Mm-hmm. Yep. So eventually it's been, it's been, it's been really bad. Right. This is where I have my, my angst. And this is a segment here that I want to display out to you as we're starting to come up against it a little bit here on Weapons Hot. Do you feel confident in the Johnson's ability to let Joe Douglas run this team the way that he needs to for the Jets to be competitive again? Declan, we're going to start with you. Then we're going to go to Joshua, and then Jimmy, we're going to follow you up because I am very curious to hear what you have to say about this. <laughs> yeah, so thanks, CJ. Um, I think overall we're going to have to – I mean, it's going to have to happen that way or else the team is going to implode even more so than we're seeing right now. Uh, I think that the Johnsons, if Joe Douglas goes to them, which, again, we are implying that he is going to go with this top gun, you know, hard-nosed, hard-headed, hard-headed mentality – 
like this is my team let me do what i want he might not do that so the control might either fall in his lap or he might be content or shut up shuts up about it i don't think he's the kind of guy to take you know you know what from anybody um but i think that if the johnsons i think the johnsons because now woody's kind of in uk and he, he's being trump's ambassador yeah but uh, but now that um now that, chris johnson now that trump i think is gone, at some Woody's point he's gonna have Woody's coming back now that now that trump is out at the end of the year Woody's Woody's coming back come so, back Woody's so back okay january 1 Okay, January one, Woody Johnson is stepping foot back on 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 U.S. soil. So, and if I'm Woody Johnson and I see exactly what the New York Jets are, the mess that they've become, yeah, I'm putting boot to ass the moment I get the moment I get off that plane. Absolutely, and I think he may oversee himself and his brother as a potential issue, uh, and, and kick everyone out the door, make sure their key cards don't work, uh, and then enlist himself in the hiring of a head coach and kind of oversee Joe Douglas and get in his way. If that's the case, listen, we've seen it for the past 10, 20 years, however long he's been here since obviously 2000 or a little before, I think like 98, he bought the team. Don't quote me on that. You would know better than I would. Um, He bought the team. He bought a 2000. Exactly. Okay. So 2000, he bought, he buys the team the past 20 years. We have seen abysmal jet football. I was born in 2002. I'm 18. I'm just a kid. I have not seen jet football that was meaningful since I was eight years old. So that's the last time that they've been in the postseason was in 2010. Uh, and then they missed in 2011. That was their last, you know, hope of like, maybe they can get it going. Why am I telling you guys, you guys know this, but uh, back to the original question. Um, uh, do I think they're capable of getting out of the way? I think they have to be. I think that they will. I think they will try to sort of it, like ignite the young kids. Like, I mean, I guess young kids, Joe Douglas is going to have to make some moves to get a new head coach and to get his quarterback. All right, Josh, what say you? All right. So, I mean, look, as you said, CJ, and I agree with a lot of what Declan is saying, it has to happen, right? That's got to be the case. And CJ said, dude, with Trump losing the election, Woody's coming back. I'm sure Woody has kept eyes on what's happening in foreign park. I mean, I, I mean, I would be shocked if he did it. I mean, that would be kind of, I mean, not saying that his brother, you know, obviously his brother can't handle it either, but I mean, look, he's all, he's the main owner of the team. That's the thing. I'm sure he's had a pulse on what's going on. I'm sure he sees what's happening going, Oh boy, maybe this is like me. You know what I mean? This is what I've done. I've done the same exact thing my brother has done. And it's not a pretty sight to see it in the mirror. I can tell you that right now. And I can tell you this too. Joe Douglas, and I know Arrow has said this, CJ, to us many times. And I believe Arrow when he says this. Joe Douglas, I can guarantee you had an agreement in place when he signed this contract with the Jets. Where he said, I will only come here because I can tell you right now, I have other jobs I could take. I will only come here if you let me control this football team. And he admitted the Robbie Anderson blunder, be it as it may, I was on the boat with Douglas too. I didn't think Anderson was going to become this person that he has uh, at the amount of, not that I didn't think he could, but the money aspect was a lot. But I do think John, I think Woody's going to come back. And I think he's going to let Joe Douglas do his thing. Now, I can tell you this. 
with that with with Adam Gase and everything like that, once you get the number one pick, and as you said, CJ, you have the cap space that the Jets are going to have, which is the number two team in the, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the league next year, on a flat cap, might I add, a flat cap, not changing because the league is losing money. The big thing, all the draft picks, but the number one pick is key. You are going to have coaches lined up at Forum Park to take this job if they can have Trevor Lawrence. And I think Travis knows that. And he's going to tell the Johnsons that. He's going to say, hey, I worked with Ozzie Newsome. I helped the Eagles win a Super Bowl. Look at the Eagles drafts since I left. It's crap. Horrible. Yes. Look at the team. The team is garbage since I left. Let me do what I do. Let me run the show. I will get us to where we need to. Just let me do what I came here to do. What you hired me to do. You hired me all this money to do what I'm supposed to do, right? So let me do my job. They gave him- yeah, you got rid. Yeah, you got rid of Mike McCagnan after. I mean, they should have done that a while ago. But you let him draft the team. You let him spend, and then you got rid of him. You also let him hire a head coach that essentially stabs him in the back. They both should have been knocked out before their key cards even got uh got credited. They should have done what happened to Jamal Adams when he tried to get into the to the to the place. Let him change the code and cut him. After they should have done. And, and what do you and what he should know better that people named Chris Johnson never fare well with the Jets. It just doesn't work. That's <laughs> a fair fact. But it's true though. I think. And for regards to your question, CJ, I I think Joe Douglas is going to demand demand that he gets to choose everything he wants or he will say to them i can get another job somewhere else let me do what i need to do okay otherwise i'm out peace i'll leave and good luck finding that that texan job is wide open uh head coach and gm so i mean he could he could really decide to go there and get still get a new head coach that's the coach the jets want I agree. And like I said, I think the Jets, if they get the number one pick with the cap space, like you said, CJ, and a flat cap and all those draft picks, and they do have some nice players, that's going to be a wanted head coaching job, whether that's uh, Joe Brady, Jim Harbaugh, we keep hearing, who I think has one. I don't coach. want Jim Harbaugh. No, neither do I. Listen, I'm a Wisconsin Badgers fan. Wisconsin kicked the living crap out of them last night. So it was awesome to see that. I'll take Dan Mullen before I take Jim Harbaugh. Because Dan Mullen has got the Gators playing out of their minds. And you want to know something else, too? A name I'm going to throw out there? Kyle Trask, baby. Yeah. Kyle Trask. Florida quarterback. I can tell you this. And I will say this. Jim Harbaugh is a – listen, what he did with the 49ers is unbelievable. The problem with Jim Harbaugh is – and I keep telling Errol this, too, because you know this about Errol. He loves Jim Harbaugh. He overstays his welcome. He overstays his welcome, and he can't get along with the organization that he works for, and he bashes them behind closed doors. It happened in San Francisco, and look what's happening in Michigan. He can't. He has the number one recruiting class in the country. Why is the team so bad? Why are they look? Uh, every time they play a good team, I mean, I'm not, listen, I love Wisconsin, and I thought they would win yesterday, but to lose at home, forty nine to eleven. On national, no one, yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, CJ, I, can I jump in really quick? Oh, yeah. Sorry, go ahead, go ahead, Josh. No, I no. want to hear what you got to say quick. Go. Just on the 
on the Jim Harbaugh train here. Um, yeah, listen, I'm kind of I'm with CJ on this one. I don't think that Jim uh, Harbaugh was bad. I think that as an NFL head coach, he was solid. But again, that personality, it didn't fare great in San Francisco. Although I do think, and, and to credit Jim uh, here, like that 2012 team that beat the crap out of Eli and the NFC championship team, um, literally like almost like put him in the hospital. He was screaming in the locker room after they won that game. That team was better than the team that went to the Super Bowl next year with Kaepernick uh, taking over for Alex Smith. And that team was better than uh, definitely better than the team um, in 2014 that fell uh a touchdown, I guess a tip pass away from going to the Super Bowl when the Seahawks went. And it's certainly better than the team that went last year that lost to the Chiefs. So that, like the fact that the Niners didn't win a Super Bowl, albeit with Jim Harbaugh or, or Kyle Shanahan, is just insane to me. Like the fact that Jim Harbaugh had three teams that were in it, they were in the a- a- NFC Championship at the bare minimum those three years, uh, went to the Super Bowl that one time. The fact that they didn't win is crazy. Now, his personality, you're hearing rumblings in Michigan with the khakis aren't going over well. Uh, and, and that's not even like a – that's not even a huge market. College football, like, you get it. Like, I get it. Like, college football Michigan is a huge team. The Wolverines, everybody knows them, even people who don't pay attention. The engineers that they import in know them too. But know that too. But his personality is not going over well in Ann Arbor. Is he really going to handle it in the New York media? I think there's going to be rumblings of it of him coming here, but I think that's going to be an end-all factor if they even get that far. It's not going to work. I can tell you this, and CJ, you know this, Woody Johnson loves the flash, right? He loves the flashy. He did it with Brett Favre. He that's, loves the, that's the problem, though. That's what he you does. Know, people don't want flash. New York, the New York Jet fan base does not want flash anymore, Joshua. They no, want no. wins. They want a competitive football team. So, really quick, Jimmy, I'm Jim- curious you You've been quiet for a while here. You need to chime in on this because, like I said, I, I'm very curious to hear your, your thoughts on this uh, this subject. So there's, there's a couple points that I just want to really quickly touch on uh, that, I, that I were in conversation earlier that I didn't get a chance to say anything about. Um, when Declan was talking about, you know, I, I fully agree, you know, I'm kind of taking it back just, just real quick. I fully agree. Jeff kind of did Sam Darnold dirty, um, but you have to remember when you compare um, Lawrence to Sam Darnold as far as college production, you have Sam Darnold that only had 27 games played, turned the ball over 37 times, 23 interceptions, and I believe uh, he fumbled the ball 21 times and lost 14 of them. So that's not a good stat. Whereas Trevor Lawrence has 12 total career picks and only four fumbles lost. So that right there, I mean. The guy, Lawrence is just, he's automatic when it comes to the fundamentals. And that's like CJ touching on what you just said. We want to be competitive. We want a competitive team. I want a quarterback that is automatic in the fundamentals of the game and of the position. And we get that with Trevor Lawrence. We don't have it with Darnold. Um, as far as, sorry, I'm, I'm out of breath. I just ran back in my home. Um, another part when we were talking about the New England game, it wasn't like the Flacco pick that was concerning to me as far as are the Jets full-on actually tanking. The play that messed with my head, and I, I'm, it's not the players. I'm not putting this on the players. But the play that messes with my head was the fourth down. They're, the Patriots are going for the field goal, and all of a sudden there's a 12-man on the field penalty giving them the first down and then the subsequent touchdown. 
Right. Do you remember that play? That oh, gave yeah. them the first down. And there were 12 men on the field with no nobody was running off the field. There was no concern no from the coaching staff on the sideline. That was just 12 men set up to block the field goal. So that one was the concerning part. Okay. That's concerning. Um, but the one thing I'll say quickly, and then obviously I'll let CJ and Joshua jump in quick here. Um, the one thing I'll say, and I said it a little bit earlier in the broadcast, um, organizations tank. Players don't. Coaches Correct. don't. Yes. Like Adam Gase has to know that he's not going to be here. So he's going to want to win as much as he can to soil the Jets' chances of getting the, getting the number one pick. Because realistically, he knows that if they go 0-16, he's out the door. Faster than Ben McAdoo was after they went to the playoffs the year before. He was horrible, but that's not the point. Um, quickly, again, um, right, with Adam Gates, like the players are not going 12 men on the field on purpose. The only time you'll see that is when Mike Vrabel did it against Tennessee. But I, I understand it's suspect, but I just find it hard that yeah. the players and the coaching staff who, who know likely a lot of them won't, won't have jobs next year. The coaching staff will be blown out. And a lot of these players will probably be sent out, especially the ones that are of non-tender options uh, or, or the, you know, the bubble guys from the practice squad. Mm. Yeah, no. But, sorry, Jimmy. Go ahead. Go, go, go. Oh no, no. It's like I'm. I was getting ready to move into the ownership question. So if you have something to add to that, go ahead. No, I was gonna. I, you know, I I was gonna say really. Yeah. I, I agree with Declan. And look, it's actually interesting, Declan. You brought that up because we actually heard that on. I forget which pregame show it was today. If it was on CBS, somebody said. I think it might have been Nate Burleson said that that uh, organizations tank players and do you actually believe that Adam Gase wants that 0-16 mark on his head coaching resume? And I'll tell you this. No. Gase is probably not. He'll get a coordinator job somewhere. He's not no, gonna, no, he won't. No, he won't. Not a coordinator. He goes, if, he, if, uh, if he goes 0-16 this year, he'll okay, get a job somewhere. he is going to be out of the NFL for at least two years. Because okay, yeah, no, and one, no one is going to touch him with a ten foot. Yeah, ball. CJ, I agree with I agree with you there completely. Like, like even like to give an example, like where is Hugh Jackson right now? He took like a special assistant job, um, with uh, the with the Bengals, um, after he was a coordinator for years and then was the zero and sixteen head coach. Uh, I think he went like two and thirty one over the span of two and a half years with the Browns. How about Cam? Yeah, Cam yeah. exactly. Where is he? Um, and Ben McAdoo. Yeah, like exactly. Ben McAdoo went eleven and five his first year as a Giants head coach, and then he benched Eli on a terrible season. That was he's he's a poor coach now. Where is he? He's the he's the quarterbacks coach of Jacksonville. He didn't even get a coordinator job. Adam Gase is going to really struggle, and like we can't even say that we know he's a good coordinator because, or like like this offensive mind that he that he thinks he is. Like he ruined Ryan Tannehill to the point of him getting a backup job. Uh, and, and the only, you know, success on his career that we can look and say like, oh, this is great, is that he was Peyton Manning's offensive coordinator. And then we realize, we say it again, he was Peyton Manning's offensive coordinator. Like, what does he have to do with Peyton Man or his quarterback's coach or whatever he was in Denver? And then like he had Jay Cutler and like, and that didn't work well. And he worked better when uh, Adam Gase was out of town. And none of, a quick Gase rant. Yeah, none of it. I mean, look, I agree with you guys, like, whether it's college somewhere or I don't know, but the point is this. Cam Cameron had a one in fifteen record on his resume after one year. The guy never got another head coaching job again. That's how fast things can turn. And I think the problem yeah. 
Adam Gase was this, and I'll let Jimmy continue what he was saying. But it was the fact that once Gase got fired, and CJ, you'll probably agree with this, he took a job right away and never got to learn what he did wrong in Miami, where he he never stepped back. Put in the timeout corner, say, go sit in the corner and think about what you did. Exactly, and I think that's something that was a big mistake. He took a job right away, and what he did was he he, he, his exact quote was, Ryan Tannehill was not smart enough to run my offense. Well, look at Ryan Tannehill in Tennessee. going to the AFC Championship game last year, and this year, team is on the cusp of winning the division this year, though they did lose the other night to Indianapolis. But still, the point is this. Look at Miami. In a year and a half after all of Adam Gase's blunders, and a, a year and a half later, Miami is a perennial playoff team, and they're only getting better. So this can be fixed. Yeah. And this could be salvaged and this could be done. You just cannot wait to do it so long. And I think that's what happens with um, who's the owner of the Dolphins, CJ? What's his name? Ross? Uh, Stephen Ross, I think. Ross, yeah. He, listen. Stephen Ross, yeah. If not for the fight between the two of them, Adam Gates would probably still be the head coach of the Miami Dolphins. Because Stephen Ross loved Adam Gates until the end when he, they got a huge, almost a massive fight in the office and said, I'm done with you. I can't stand you anymore. Get out. And they hired Brian Forrest. So this could be fixed. They just, they, just, they got to have the balls to do this. And they will do it. Like you said, Adam Schefter, could, Adam Schefter is, I trust Adam Schefter as much as anybody. I can tell you that. I do. If Adam Schefter is saying it, I believe it. Adam Gates yeah. will not. He flat next. out came out and went at, uh, Steve Young on Monday Night Countdown and said that Adam Gase will not be the head coach of the New York Jets next year. That and he believes that Trevor Lawrence will come out, and that's including what Abel Sweeney said. Abel Sweeney even said, "I would be completely shocked if he comes back next year because you're seeing the injuries in the NFL from Jeff Prescott to a hip injury in a blink of an eye. Your career can go down the tubes." Yeah. When you're it can happen. You cost up a lot of money. Go ask Willis McGahee. He was a top five draft pick. Stayed in the year at Miami. Got yep. interested in the game. Boom. We want to take it later in the first round. Lost a ton of money by that happening. So it can happen to blink of an eye. But I'm going to let Jimmy continue on his ownership stuff. And you can also look at Justin Herbert. He was He was the consensus number one pick for 2019. Decided to stay. Yep. And wow. now... You know, he only he only slipped he only slipped to six, but that still cost him twenty million plus over a rookie deal. Yep, so, yeah, he could be a cardinal right now. We could be uh, having an entirely yeah, different conversation. Yeah. Dave Gettleman wanted him. Dave Gettleman came out and was drooling over Herbert, and I think he yep. could be the best quarterback in this draft class. When you see it, I think he might be. When you look at the three got, of them, he's got the potential. He's got the potential between Burrow's been really good, and two is already playing like a veteran. Yeah. Um, if you guys don't mind, I just want to get into the coaching thing. I think it's seriously worthwhile for the Jets. It's a pipe dream. It's probably not going to happen. But you knock on Dabo Swinney's door and ask him what he wants to be the head coach of the New York Jets. Oh. You ask him. I think he's overrated. I think that he's had a stacked team um, and that has kind of propelled Trevor Lawrence. I mean, it propelled Deshaun Watson uh, and could have gotten uh, Kelly Bryan a legit shot. Um, I don't think they should. I don't think they. I don't think that they should hire him. But I think that there are going to be a lot of people on the Jets front office might show an interest in it. Now, before I – go ahead. Go ahead quickly, uh, as long as you want. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't know. Jimmy, if you want to time it, obviously, CJ, of course, as well. I don't know. 
I think his his rah rah attitude, I don't think is going to fly in the NFL. I I, I don't, and I agree with you. I, listen, definitely, if, if Trevor Lawrence is coming out, I think you, it would be a curious thing. But I don't think the whole rah rah, let's go get him in college is going to fly with these NFL veteran players that are on this team. They're well, gonna- I don't know. Pete Carroll seems to have made a living over in Seattle with the with that type of mentality. Oh, CJ, he's actually done very well. But was uh, in- Seattle also has a lot more talent than the New York Jets have. And Pete, Pete was in the NFL, so I think Pete still does what he did in college somewhat. CJ, I completely agree with you, but I think he knows one to tone it down because. Right. Dabble Sweeney has no experience in the NFL. Go look at um, what's his name? Chip Kelly. Chip Kelly, disaster. Oh, Greg, Greg oh, Schiano. Greg Schiano. Yeah. Rah rah guy, nutty nutty, and it did not fly in Tampa. Also, bought, um, what's his name? That was in uh, Louisville. He left Louisville to go coach the Falcons. Uh, what was his name? He was um, uh, Bobby Petrino. What was it? Bobby Petrino. Trino, yes, and he decided to leave a note in the locker room for his players to read and say, I'm out. And therein lies the certain problem with certain college. That's what makes you worry about college coaches. I get what Declan is saying. It's a match made in heaven with Trevor and Dabo because it could work at the same time. I agree with what CJ says in the sense that it works for Pete Carroll, but Pete Carroll has experience in the NFL where he knows how to tone it down. And, can and he was the Jets coach before he was the Seattle coach. Jets, Patriots, everything. He did both. With Dabo, I don't know if there's going to be an off switch for him because he's never done this before. And he could be weighing over his head. I don't, I don't think he would want to leave clubs. He's got one of the coziest jobs in all sports. Next to Nick Saban, I think Dabo has the best job, one of the best jobs in, co- in sports. Yeah, and you're, and you're definitely right. But I, I don't think. Listen, I don't think that Dabo would ever go. I don't even know if it's if the Jets should do it because I don't think it'll work uh, in New York either. But I think it is worth. It really could be. I agree. Um, another thing, shifting off. Listen, I'm not in the Dabo. Um, I don't. I personally don't think he's a great head coach. I think he's been blessed with a lot of talent. Now, is he bad? No, but I think he's a perfect college coach. He's fine where he's at in uh, in Clemson. Um, quickly though. A point that was brought up a while ago about I hope one of you guys said I hope Jim Harbaugh because uh, Woody Johnson loves Flash whatever we hope Jim Harbaugh is not the head coach of the New York Jets or they don't even look at him. The hope that you can go with this is that Mike McCarthy was flashing this new offense around uh, after he left the Packers and a lot of fans, uh, analysts uh, and panelists alike were all calling for him to be the New York Jets head coach oh. uh, and they let him leave the job and everyone thought that was a disaster and now that's looking terrible. Uh, yeah. in, in yep. Dallas. So that's hope that they don't go for the big name guy. I was one of the guys that didn't want him. And CJ, you remember we had Errol on the show here when I said Matt Rule and Errol said, I don't think Matt Rule would have been a fit with the Jets because he was a Giants guy. And I said, who cares? He was a Giants guy. I don't care if he was a Patriots guy. If it works, it works. Matt, I mean, the, the, this organization is so incompetent we, 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 that the John, the captain was going to let Matt Rule, and I know CJ, you said it was one of the biggest blunders of the biggest blunder of Mike Haggins' GM career for the Jets. He didn't let Matt Rule pick his coordinators, but he let Adam Gates come in here and let Dowell Logan be his offensive coordinator. What the hell was he thinking? That's so stupid. <laughs> what general manager doesn't let the head coach pick the coordinators? I mean, it's so yeah. ridiculous. 
just because the guy, you know, like I said, it's just so ridiculous. The New York Jets do it. You know why? Because <laughs> this is the power hierarchy that unfortunately we're used to. Yeah. So, and, this, and, and hence, hence the reason why I floated this question out tonight, because this was something I talked about at the end of last week's show when I had Errol join me for, for quite a few. And then we had a few. Um, I did a solo segment toward the end of the show in which I did talk about this a little bit. So really quick final thoughts as, as we're coming up against it. Jimmy, we're going to go in reverse order. We'll start with your final thoughts. Then we'll go to Joshua. Then we'll go to Declan. And then I will finish it up. Well, my final thoughts on it is essentially what we're talking about with the ownership, because I don't trust the Johnsons. I think the Johnsons need to stick to making baby powder and let Joe Douglas run the show and the football team. And that's pretty much where I stand on that. Uh, I just, I don't see, I, I don't see what, what, what more they need to, show themselves as far as being owners of a team like this has not worked for 20 years so i don't understand kind of the direction they're going and the what highlights that the most what highlights the ownership and competency the most is in 2018 we had cliff kingsbury in one jets drive interviewing we had eric the enemy in one jets drive interviewing for the coaching spot and we let him go we let him walk for adam fucking gate sorry for the language but nope you're good that's <laughs> that's, that's, right. what, what is that man what is that and i think my 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 pick i was really kind of low on the enemy there for a long time because i just felt like he was kind of a kind of a mirage and i think most of it was andy reed but if but if you have trevor lawrence i think trevor lawrence would be a perfect fit with the enemy coaching with that andy reed style that jet that jet motion offense style that they run and he knows how to coach a potential. He knows how to coach a superstar. He's had to deal with Mahomes. Exactly. Exactly. And I think like that's just that's my that's my choice at this point. Is I've I've really grown. Eric Bieniemy's really grown on me. I was a Greg Roman proponent, and I still kind of am. He's a good he's a good OC, and he's worked with several. Like when I think Josh mentioned uh, Harbaugh in San Francisco doing well with Alex Smith. That was actually Greg Roman was there for that. Mm-hmm. So that was more yeah, Roman than Harbaugh, I think. In Buffalo with Tyrod Taylor, though. Yeah. Tyrod Taylor's yeah. Rex Ryan's guy, to keep it back to the Jets. Tyrod but, Taylor gets I mean, given his shot. Yeah, for real. Like, I, I just think Rex. my final thoughts, I think the, I, I think the ship is going to get turned around. I, I, I just have this weird thought in my head that the Johnsons are actually, Woody's going to come back, Woody's going to clean house, and I think he's going to be like, look, man, he's going to talk to Joe Douglas and be like, look, just do it. Get us to the playoffs. Whatever you got to do. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's my thought. Joshua, you're up. Final thoughts. I'm with Jimmy on that one. I agree 100%. I think Woody Johnson, look, yes, he's the ambassador of the UK, but at the same time, like I said, he's invested so much money to this team that if you don't think he's watching what's going on, you're delusional then. Clearly, he knows what's happening over there at One Jets Drive. He knows what's going on, and I agree with what Jimmy said. I think he's going to come back. I think he's going to clean house, and he's going to tell Joe, Joe Douglas, hey, pick who you want in your office, pick who your coach is, pick who your players are, Let's get us to freaking there again, all right? Let's get us to where we need to be in 2009, 2010, and take the next step from that point. 
you're, you're going to have the number one pick. You got, what, two first this year, two first next year, two second rounders, whatever it is, however you picks they got, all this cap space, go build it. Okay, go do what you need to do. I will back you up. Okay, go do what you need. You're going to have Eric the enemy. You're going to have, as you said, Greg Roman, who, eh. You're going to have Arthur Arthur Smith, the tight end offensive coordinator. You're going to have Joe Brady from the Panthers. You're going to hear Harbaugh's name. Coaches are going to want this job. I'm telling you, this will be the most popular that this New York Jets coaching job has ever been because teams are going to want to work for Joe Douglas and they're going to want to have that number one pick and have on their resume have Trevor Lawrence yep. be their guy as the first pick. And you know what? If Trevor Lawrence doesn't come out, you can't sit there and tell me that Justin Fields is not – it's just a consolation prize. He's not. If, if Denver, There's no sense in – there's no chance he's staying in college. No chance. No, and just neither one of them are. Justin Fields, though, in another year, is the number one overall pick. In another year. Yeah. And, and, and that's the beauty. Do you think he stays? No. Absolutely not. I don't not. think so either. It's both I think the BYU kid is going to come out. I think the North Dakota State kid is going to come out. Trey Lance. Uh, he's nice. Yeah, and I, and I agree. Like, like CJ said, Florida kid, the Florida quarterback. That guy's trash. He's another one. This is a high quarterback class. But Trevor Lawrence, no shot is he staying at Clemson. And if he does, somebody needs to check with his agent or whoever because they're going to be making a stupid decision. Okay, if you yeah. don't think the kid is going to mark it off of his name in New York City and be able to turn the New York Jets franchise around and you don't want to take that chance and be that guy, you're an idiot. Guys embrace that. Mark Sanchez tried to embrace it. All right. The guys West Coast Jets. Wanted, they wanted it. Mark Sanchez wanted it. Some people really want the job. And that's just it. So I think Trevor Lawrence will come out. CJ is going to be the first one in London. Oh. Adam Case's grave. It's going to be a wonderful day. And I'll be there to cheer for CJ as he's doing it. So way to go. <laughs> You have no idea for what I'm going to have planned. Press release that Adam Gase is fired. That's all I'm, I'm going to bake a cake. At that. Bake a, I think I might see CJ throwing fireworks up from, from down south. And I live in New York, so that's going to be a crazy thing when that happens. <laughs> well, we right, have parties all over the country because I'm in Idaho. <laughs> Declan, you're up, my friend. Final thoughts. All right. Obviously, final thoughts. I got a lot to say in a short amount of time. CJ, I hope that when uh, Adam Gase gets fired, you don't uh, do the same thing as the guy who pissed on Art Modell's grave. I think that was a Ravens fan that did that. No, I won't. That would <laughs> uh, be pretty bad. Uh, I'll, I'll wrap up my thing here. I just want to say thanks to Joshua, Jimmy, for calling in. Uh, CJ, for having me. I was so excited to join, uh, obviously, on my first show here. Um but yeah, uh, a lot. Obviously, a lot with the Jets. Uh, it seems like an era uh, is kind of coming to a close with the Sam Darnold and Mike McCagan era is over. But it's still not really over with his team right now. Um, so Sam Darnold, on behalf of New York, I may not be a Jets fan, but I'm a New Yorker. I'm going to owe you an apology. So I'm I'm very sorry. That this is what the team has done to you. The organization has failed you. Uh, and then now, obviously, as a quarterback myself. Um, what Joshua was saying completely like Sam, uh, Trevor Lawrence could come to New York city, uh, excuse me, and build his name, the long blonde hair in New York city, big dude, yep. big arm. He can move the ball as good as two, two potentially 
66240 in New York City, the biggest, probably the biggest market in sports, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So he can market his name there. Listen, he, he's been hyped his whole life. He was hyped coming out. He was the number one recruit coming out of high school. Uh, and now he's the number one pick uh, consensus coming out of college. So Trevor Lawrence to New York City, this idea that the Jets are an unwanted, uh, undesirable location for him or a landing spot, I think is untrue in the eyes of Trevor Lawrence. Because do you think he really, do you think he'd rather be in Jacksonville? Like, like, do we no. think he'd rather be in Jacksonville or, or would he rather be in, right, let's, like, I don't want to say Cleveland, like Carolina, like, <laughs> Although he, he, although he might like that considering there is a Clemson connection. Um, but yeah, like he wants to go to New York City. I would think so. So I, I would like to see him go for the sake of New York sports media and New York sports as a whole. Uh, again, I'll wrap yep. up. So thank you, CJ. Thanks, everybody. Uh, and in the he words has... of Rex Ryan, let's go eat a goddamn snack. Damn. Trevor Lawrence has the potential to be the biggest sports star in New York City since Derek Jeter. And that's I've said it before, and I'm going to stand by that. Since Eli Manning. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're actually going. We're going to extend our final thoughts segment. Uh, Mr. <laughs> Errol Marks has joined the show. Uh, the the uh, boss <laughs> from uh, the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Errol, I, 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 I know you want to throw your two cents into this conversation, so go for it. Well, I, I haven't been listening to the conversation. I, I will. I was at a friend's birthday party. I want to apologize, CJ, when you actually reached out. And, but I, I, I will say this. Uh, you, have, you have a very good team of guys uh, with Josh, a.k.a. the pain in the butt jet fan, uh, and uh, the new guy, uh, which uh, I've been listening to bits and pieces of your show. So it's been very intriguing, very interesting. But uh, I will finish up and tell you guys what I really think about the New York Jets and where this organization is headed. Please do. If any, if any Jet fan, if any Jet fan thinks that this team is on the threshold of being the worst team in NFL history, you might be right. But when you look at the backup and you look at where this team is going in the near future, they're set up very, very well. They're set up in a good position with the draft stock that they have. They have an opportunity. I know a lot of Jet fans were praying, praying for the Jets to lose. I was one of them on um, Monday Night Football. But all in all, this team is moving in the proper direction. Adam Case will be fired at the end of the year. I think Joe Douglas will hopefully get the reins of this team. Woody Johnson is coming back. I heard you, Josh. He is coming back. Donald Trump is no longer going to be the president of the United States, so uh, he will be back from England. I think, you know, you say whatever you want about the Johnson family. Chris is more controlling than Woody. I think Woody listens to the fans. I think when the fans come out and have an outcry of what Adam Gates has done to this organization, I think Woody knows that when uh, Monday comes around, Adam Gates will no longer be a part of this organization. But I I think all in all, I think the Jeff fans are wondering – what Joe Douglas is going to do in the offseason. Is he going to keep Sam? Is he going to go after Trevor Lawrence if he comes out of the, uh, comes into the draft? The answer is nobody knows because Joe Douglas, say whatever you want about the guy, Jamal Adams, everybody came out and said all they want about Jamal Adams. This was a disgrace by the Jets organization to lose their, and trade away their best player. 
Jamal Adams is on one of the worst secondaries in NFL history. Okay? Yep. NFL history. Record-breaking. I'm sorry? Uh, they're record-breakingly bad. Yep. <laughs> and Jamal Adams, the Jets got two first-round draft picks, a third round, and Bradley McDougal, which they'll probably in the offseason, trade him for a fourth or a fifth. So they gained four quality picks for a guy that's going to be demanding $90 million, and he's not as good as everybody thought he was going to be. So rating against the pass, and Jamal Adams, I think the passer rating for quarterbacks is near 90, is near, I think, a 90 or 90.1 against the pass, which is, I mean, that's one of the lowest rated in safeties in the NFL. Yep. So, Errol, if you, God, I'm sorry. Uh, if you don't mind me cutting you off, I'm Declan. Nice to meet you. Um, Go ahead, man. Just, just, just quickly. Um, you bring up a great point again. They got two first round picks, a third round pick. Bradley McDougal, who he seems to have a voice in the locker room. If he's calling out the lack of success so far, I know they're probably going to get rid of him and trade it for, uh, you know, some de- okay draft capital, decent for his value. Um, but you traded away Jamal Adams, a guy who the Seahawks defense, watching, breaking down film, seeing how they're playing these teams. The Seahawks defense, I'm going to say it, is better without Jamal Adams. They have played better without Jamal Adams. They have unified together without Jamal Adams. And they've allowed less allowed, like allowed less yardage, less points. They're better run defense, better pass defense. I'm not here to trash Jamal Adams. I have no dog in the fight as a Giants fan. But that team is way better on the defensive side of the ball without a second superstar, which is mind-boggling to me. But it just doesn't work there. You can't build a team around a safety. And, I, and, and again, yeah. Joe Douglas did the right thing. He made the right move. He made the right move trading Avery Williamson. He made the right move to trade McLennan. I know a lot of people say they gave up. They got nothing for him. But those sixth and seventh round and late fifth round draft picks could be worth something in the very near future. Because if the Jets see a player that they like in any of these next couple of rounds, next fourth rounds, they can move up from trading two six and a seven and move up to that fourth round and get the player that they want. So I, I know a lot of people, a lot of Jeff fans are sitting back and saying, oh, look at the Giants. Look how good the Giants are playing. Let me tell you something. The defense has been playing fabulous, and, and Daniel Jones is running all over the place. But all in all, the Jets are in better shape than the New York Giants are. They got $98 million in the offseason to spend the Giants do not the Jets have nine contracts two years in the first three rounds not many teams have that the last team to have that was the Dolphins look what the Dolphins are doing right now look how well the Dolphins are playing right now because of all their draft capital now I'm not saying that the Jets and Joe Douglas are the Giants I just think that we're the set up with the draft stock that they put in, Ashton Davis is a player. LaMichael Piron's a good player. You, you got Denzel Mims, he's a good player. Mann's one of the best punters in the league. I mean, they're set up in a very good spot where they can build around young draft players and, and maybe Trevor Lawrence in the future where they can solidify their team and where they are in a very hard division in the, in the near future. This is going to be a very good division with the Dolphins and the Buffalo Bills and even the New England Patriots. Don't count the Patriots out next year because they'll find somebody, a Matthew Stafford or one of those guys that could move over there 
to the New England Patriots and put them back on top again. So this is going to be one of the most exciting divisions, especially if Trevor Lawrence is on his way to the New York Jets. Sam Darnold, two second rounds and a third round. I, I know a lot of Jets fans love Sam. I'm one of those guys. If Sam can't, if he, Sam can't move forward with this team for where, the way it is, and a lot of people say, you know, look at some of these quarterbacks. Look at the, uh, look at the young quarterback from San Diego. Look at Herbert. Look at Tua. They're, they don't have a lot of weapons. Uh, Daniel Jones, you don't have a lot of weapons. There's no more excuses for uh, Sam. Sam comes back next week. You want to prove yourself as the quarterback of this Jets organization moving forward, you got to play. Play hard. Play to win. It doesn't matter who you have on the field. Make The quarterback makes everybody around him better. And that's what you get paid for. So that's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> all right. Errol, very good, considering you came in on the tail end of the show. Well done, my friend. Well, I'm happy to be here, man. All right. CJ, yeah. don't boost his ego. Don't boost his ego. He doesn't deserve it. <laughs> okay, well, listen. Listen, go sit in your nice, beautiful, shiny little house. And uh, <laughs> the room's dark black, my friend. I am. I'm, it's, I'm waiting for you to come on by. And I tell you, I tell CJ already, when he comes up to New York, he's got a place to chill. I'll tell you that much. So nice. he knows that. He knows that. Everybody does. I so, want to Franklin's got to oh, come. By the, way, oh. <laughs> by the way, by the way, CJ, before I let you go, before I let you go, I will say one thing. Tell Kevin Jackson to get his party pooper pants up his diapers up and get on the show. I want to hear what he's got to say. I don't want to hear this Geno Smith, San Donald comparison anymore. I want to hear something. <laughs> oh, I cannot wait. I tell you, I'm going to put the screws to him this week. Don't worry. <laughs> By the way, thank you. Thank you to the new guy. He was great. I uh, definitely want you to get on again, man. You're, uh, you're not. I can tell. You know, I was uh, I was listening to a bit of pieces at this at this restaurant. Uh, you give some good insight, good quality insight. I really appreciate you joining Weapons Hot, and uh, happy to be uh, a part of the network, my friend. Thanks. Hey, so I, I really appreciate, appreciate it too, man. I'll try to be back as much as CJ lets me. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> All right, guys. Now it's CJ's turn. <laughs> Bye, guys. Let's hear it. All righty. Yeah. Take care, Errol. All right. I'm going to close up tonight's Weapon Todd episode with some final thoughts of my own. And you guys pretty much already know where I stand on this whole thing. Now, look, regardless of what you think of Sam Darnold as, as the New York Jets quarterback, whether you like him, you hate him, you think he's a bum, you think he's great, you think he could be the guy, so you think he's a pencil pusher or whatever. Look, the New York Jets have failed Sam Darnold from the moment that they drafted him. Plain and simple. They didn't surround them with weapons, and when they did, the only weapon that they had, they ended up letting walk out the door in Robbie Anderson. That being said, once Mike McCagnan was shown the door and Adam Gase unfortunately took over the reins, in regards to the offenses, he's had to learn two different offenses in the three years that he's been here. You got Jeremy Bates, who spent five years in the mountains, who probably should have stayed in the mountains, and then you got Adam Gase's offense, which probably consists of a couple of crayons and maybe a couple of magic markers here and there on that giant Denny's menu that he keeps in front of his face all game long. 
No one is more happier than me that he is no longer calling plays for the New York Jets. And as evidence of actually last week with Joe Flacco at the helm, despite the fact of no Patriots pass rush, the Jets actually looked like a competitive football team. And we got to see some exciting plays, especially from the rookies. That's what I'm looking forward to for the rest of the year. Now, in regards to Sam Darnold, he's going to be on the hot seat. He has to go out there and he has to perform. And if he's going to be a part of this franchise's future, you know what? He's got seven games to show whether or not he's the guy or whether he's a liability. Plain and simple. Now, on that other end, before the New York Jets could even take a look at Trevor Lawrence or the 2021 NFL draft, you have to get rid of the chronic meth head. He has to go. You have to show him the door as soon as the clock hits triple zero week 17 against the New England Patriots. Okay. You don't even let him get back on the team bus. You make his happy ass walk home. And during the game, you have an intern go into his office and pack up all his shit and throw it in the dumpster. Okay. <laughs> Plain and simple because Adam Gase has done nothing but ruin this franchise. And as much as I don't want to see the jets go on 16, I actually would like to see the Jets go 0-16. Now I know that's a very strange comparison given that I am a New York Jets fan. And you never want to see your team lose. But there, if there is one person that I want to see punished in this entire process, it's Adam Gase. Because he's not a quarterback guru. He's not a quarterback whisperer. He was Peyton Manning's glorified jockstrap holder. Let's call it what it is. And I've said this argument before on Weapons Hot where Peyton Manning was already a Hall of Fame quarterback before he rubbed elbows with Adam Gase. Plain and simple. Adam Gase needs to go because the New York Jets organization is going to be stuck in neutral until he does. Which means he's got to go. Darryl Loggins got to go. Jim Bob Cuda got to go. Greg Williams got to go. The only person that I would even contemplate retaining is Brant Boyer for special teams. That's the only person I would contemplate retaining. Once that's done, then you can set your sights on the 2021 draft. Because at that point, Joe Douglas should be given autonomy to go out and to hire his head coach. Hire the guy that he Fields is a good fit for this New York Jets team to move them forward into the future. Then you can worry about Trevor Lawrence or anybody else who seems to be the sexy name. Amen. And personally, personally, for me, New York Jet fans, if we don't get the first overall pick, I'm not going to sit here and cry about it. So I'm probably going to pick in the top two or top three. And you know what? I'd be very happy with Justin Fields. And I'd be very happy with Kyle Trask. You guys know how I feel. I'm a Florida guy. Yeah. So bring me Kyle Pitts. Bring me Kyle Trask. Bring me Trayvon Grimes. Bring me Justin Shorter. Hell, you want to throw Dan Mullen into the mix? He could even come and he could coach the team. I'd be very happy with Dan Mullen as the New York as the next New York Jets head coach. What do you okay. think of Art Smith, Titans offensive Art- coordinator? Art Smith is a name that I've been hearing a lot. I, I know Justin likes him a lot. Um, but, uh, there's also uh, Eric Bieniemy, 
um, which, which, like is, which is talked about. I, I like Eric Bieniemy. I would like to see Eric Bieniemy. He would be my first choice. Brady. But, but there's also Brian Dable from, uh, from Buffalo, uh, another name that's been thrown around. Um, Greg Roman, like Jimmy talked about, which, believe it or not, I, I wouldn't be opposed to. Just give me somebody other than Adam Gase. <laughs> you want confidence. Yeah, you want confidence. Right. Because right now, the New York Jets are the shining beacon of incompetence in professional sports. Mm-hmm. And until the Johnsons realize that this chemistry set that they've put together has now blown up the kitchen, the dining room, half of the living room, and the back porch. When they finally realize that the chemistry experiment has failed, that they realize that, you know what, maybe we need to hand the reins over to somebody else because the fans are not happy. The media is not happy. Nobody is happy in New York Jets land. And all of us, despite trying to keep the brave face on and still trying to come up here and root for our team every single week, we know what's going on. The team is a dumpster fire. But the only person who can extinguish the dumpster fire is Christopher Johnson and Woody Johnson. And they need to get rid of the dumpster fire show the meth head the door and everybody else along with him and wipe the slate clean. If you're going to do it, let's do it right. Otherwise, if Adam Gase is retained, I don't want to be Christopher Johnson. I don't even want to be Joe Douglas because I could just imagine the death threats that they're going to get. And plus the amount of people that will probably cancel their PSLs or their season ticket packages because they are not going to want to see this dumpster fire yet for another year of New York Jets football. Plain and simple. Get rid of Adam Gase and the rest will take care of itself. And Christopher Johnson and Woody Johnson, if you're listening, give Joe Douglas the keys to the car. Shut the fuck up. And get the fuck out of the way. Yep. Plain and simple. Yep. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is going to do it for tonight's episode of Weapons Hot here on the Worldwide Sports Radio, on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network, Sports War Radio, SoundCloud.com, and quite frankly, any place where you get your New York Jets news. Let's go around the room. Declan, first off, thank you so much for coming on on short notice. I appreciate you. Giant hard hands to you, my friend. Please <laughs> give out your social media information. We're fans of Weapons Hot. Can follow you, interact with you, talk with you, etc. Sure. You uh, can... uh, Declan, you go first. Gotcha, man. Uh, so my Instagram is my name, at Declan Krogman. It's up on the screen. Uh, no spaces, obviously, on the gram. Uh, you can find me talking sports on the Sports Hit List, also broadcast on the Worldwide Sports Network uh, with the mantra by the fans for the fans with Carl Coulange there. Uh, as the head of that network. Um, and yeah, that's really where you could find me. Uh, Facebook name is the same because this is pretty much where uh, the Worldwide Sports Network uh, feasts on is the Facebook market. Uh, Facebook's my name. You know, we're not playing our games. I'm not a 10-year-old, but a uh, username is my Facebook name. So my Facebook name is mine. That's where you could find me. Uh, CJ, thank you so much for having me. It's been a blast. 
Uh, thank you for letting this Giants fan talk Jets football for an hour and a half. Hey, we appreciate you coming on. So, uh, Mr. Joshua Silverberg, please give out your social media information on how fans of Weapons Hawk can follow you, interact with you, etc. All right, you can follow me and Salt Adam Gase every single Sunday at Josh Silverberg on Twitter. It's a wonderful thing. Uh, the crazy eyes between the tacos, floating tacos in the air. I'm at Josh Silverberg. Also, check out my show as well on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network every Saturday at 12 o'clock with Alex Slows. Um, it's called Off the Mat. We talk all about professional wrestling. And you can check us out at Off the Mat, WWSRN, and on Facebook as well. At Off the Mat, we talk wrestling every Saturday at 12 o'clock. So if you're a wrestling fan, check us out. We're only getting stronger and better every week. I can tell you that. It's a great show. It's so much fun. And look, CJ, you know me. I love you, brother. You know that. And I love just being on the show with you all the time, man. It's always a pleasure. You know, if only if only the fans knew with our chat, what goes on in our chat. <laughs> if only I knew. And that jet if that jet oh my goodness, and that jet let's just say it's rated R for sure. Some of the stuff that's talked about in that chat about the Spirit Jet franchise, any print. But absolutely, man, it's it's a pleasure being on with you every every week, and uh, looking forward to continuing it, man. All right, Joshua, thanks again for coming on. And now we wrap it up with Mr. Jimmy Jardine, special guest contributor to the Live Rounds podcast, and also to the Live Rounds. Facebook page and a multitude of other Facebook pages. Jimmy, please give out your social media information so fans of Weapons Hot that don't already interact with you can interact with you, my friend. Well, guys, you can find me usually in like like CJ said, you can find me in the comment section of uh, several Jets groups, live rounds, uh, Green Machine, New Era. Uh, Love talking Jets football with everybody. You can also find me on uh, parlor.com and that would be at my name. So at Jimmy Jardine on parlor. Um, that links over to my YouTube channel, uh, youtube.com forward slash C forward slash Asylum Reaper. Uh, I do video game streaming, like um, it's a wide variety of video games. And we are, we do like an open platform. We talk a lot of football. We talk a lot of Jets football and NFL stuff. Um, we do free speech streams. So we talk about politics. We talk about all of it on stream. So if you guys are interested in any of that, uh, feel free to hit me up and, uh, CJ, I appreciate you having me on. Declan's nice to meet you. Josh, nice to meet you as well. And, uh, thanks for talking Jets thanks, football Jimmy with me. Too. Well, Jimmy, it was a pleasure talking to you, my friend. Thanks, Jimmy. All right, guys. All right, guys. So ladies and gentlemen, you can follow weapons hot. On Twitter at CNC Jets Factor, you can follow me at JetsFan0523, my partner in crime, who is MIA right now, Mr. Kevin Jackson at Spotty Blackman. Shoot the show an email, weaponshotpodcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to check us out on YouTube. Go to Weapons Hot or New York Jets Fan Broadcast. Like that page. Our content is up there as well. Uh, you could also shoot his comments below the videos. We love feedback for how we're doing on the videos. Even if you feel like you want to troll us, that's okay. We're the trolls that live under the bridge. We will be there wearing our New York Jets gear because that's under just how we roll. Also, GW. That's right. Also, don't forget to check us out on Facebook. Weapons Hot has a page there. Also, look us up on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Ladies and gentlemen, the best way to access Weapons Hot, the Worldwide Sports Radio Network app. You could download it if you have Android on Google Play. 
for Apple. I believe you go to the Apple Store or iOS. I'm not familiar with Apple products, so I couldn't tell you. But I'm sure if you have an iPhone, you can figure it out. Also, don't forget our home base, SoundCloud.com and Sports War Radio, www.spreaker.com forward slash Sports War Radio. Shout out to the show's official sponsor, StatementGames.com, Big C's Timeless Barbershop, and of course, yours truly. That is here. Ladies and gentlemen, we are done for this evening. CJ the Painkiller, D. Simone signing off for Mr. Declan Krogman, Mr. Joshua Silverberg, and Mr. Jimmy Jardine. We will see you guys when we see you guys. Peace, love, go Jets. And tonight, I leave you with still, in my opinion, the best chant in the National Football League. If it'll ever play. Good night, everybody. Be safe. Much love. Have a good night, guys. All right, guys. Good night. It is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.